Again, it's good to see each one this morning. You have your Bibles open to the book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at one verse there, but we're going to look at a couple of other verses also this morning. I want to bring you a lesson that we've entitled Ending the Old and Starting the New. And that's what we have done. We ended 2020. We've entered 2021. Now, as we end another year, it's easy to reflect back and see the things that we're grateful for and also, you know, things that we're not so grateful for. You know, the things that we consider good, there were things that happened that we consider bad. You know, things that we would rather forget and there's some things that happened that we would love to hold on to those memories forever. You know, many of us lost loved ones this past year. You know, some lost their jobs. Some marriages ended in divorce. Some children have been torn apart as a result of the splitting up of marriages. You know, however, Paul makes a statement here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, that we want to look at this morning as we begin the new and we start, uh, we end the new old and start the new. What Paul says is we must forget the past. Here's how he words this, Philippians 3, 13, brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Paul is saying, you know, I hadn't got there. I hadn't attained perfection yet. But there's one thing I do that helps me in this life. He said, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Again, there's a number of every one of us, you know, there's some things that happened to us in 2020 that we need to turn a loose from because if we do not turn a loose from those things, they will keep us down. They will bog us down for what God has for us in this new year. Now, when we talk about forgetting the past, there's two things in the past that we need to forget. The first thing is past failures. You have to put those past failures behind us. We all have failures throughout our life. In fact, we brought you an entire series, a sermon just three weeks ago on this very passage that we had entitled, you know, Seeing Failure Correctly. And we, we brought you a lesson teaching you how to, you know, see failure in a correct way and you'll be able to move past that. Now, Every year we can look back and we can see failures that have happened within our life and it's very easy for those, for, for us to allow those failures to get us down. But folks, as children of God, we cannot allow that happen. Maybe at the beginning of 2020, you promised to quit smoking, okay? Maybe you promised to, uh, uh, you know, be more committed to your church and to your church attendance. Maybe you made a promise to be more involved in ministry or help out in whatever way the church needed you know maybe you made a commitment to begin tithing or you made a commitment to you know begin increasing your tithes yet here we are uh, you know got to the end of 2020 and these commitments that you made you didn't live up to these things and now you feel like a failure now you feel like you have let God down listen those things are in the past yes you may not have lived up to your commitments but you know what that is behind you and you cannot allow Satan to get you down on that and say see you as a complete failure you know what makes you think this next year you're going to be any better folks satan wants to get you down where he can just kick you while you're down but we cannot allow that you know to happen in our life paul says forget the past 
Put the past behind you. Don't allow your failures in 2020 to dictate your successes that God has for you in 2021. And again, as crazy as 2020 was, it would seem like 2021 has to be better, huh? But you know what? That's not promised. It may not be any better. In fact, it could get worse, okay, with the election we had on November the 3rd. There is no telling. I had to throw that in, Trent. I'm sorry. Don't put your head down that way. But things could get worse, folks, than what we had in 2020, okay? But we can't allow those things in the past to, to get us down to where we cannot accept or get what God has for us. Look, 2020 is in the rearview mirror, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. If 20, Would everybody agree 2020 is in the rearview mirror? All right, what happens if you're driving down the road and all you're doing is looking in your rearview mirror and never looking forward? You're going to get in a wreck. You're going to get in a wreck. And it's the same way spiritually. If we're focused on what's in the past, if we're focused on that rearview mirror, folks, we can't see what's in front of us. So we can't allow that to happen in our lives. Now, the second thing that we must forget about the past, this is going to surprise you, is past successes. Now, you say, Pastor, why would you forget past successes? You were successful in that. Listen, it's just as wrong to gloat over past successes as it is to soul over past failures. Because, again, you're looking in the rearview mirror. Okay? It may, it, it, it may be a success that you're looking at. But, again, that takes your eyes off of what is before you. So we can't just focus on the past successes too, you know, just like we saw over past failures. And too many times, focusing on the successes of the past is going to rob us from what God has for us tomorrow. And we can't allow that to happen. Look, it does not, it, there's nothing wrong. Let me just inject this. There's nothing wrong with looking back and saying, okay, I did this right and I did this wrong and we learned from what we did wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But once we see, you know, see that and once we evaluate the things that we did wrong, then we got to leave them behind us and we got to begin reaching forward for what God has for us. Look, when we dwell on the past, whether good or bad, it takes our mind off the goal that is before us. And look, just as dwelling on past failures will distract us from the, uh, from what God, uh, from the goal before us, gloating in past successes will bring us down from the goal that God has for us. You know, Paul says, whatever the past, good, bad, or ugly, lay it aside and start anew on what God has for us today. You've heard me say time and time again, no one can go back and make a brand new start, but anyone can start from now and make a brand new end. So if you had some past failures in 2020 and it got you down, you felt like a failure, you know, put them behind you, start today. And you can make a brand new end. Now, how do we do this? What can I, what can I do to forget both the good and the bad things that happened to me, you know, last year and, and move on forward in this new year? There's a number of things we must look at in order to accomplish this goal. The first thing is return to your first love. Now, on Wednesday nights, we're studying the book of the Revelation and we talked about the first love, you know, this past Wednesday night. You know, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, you know, after commending the church at Ephesus for the things they were doing right, Jesus said to them, nevertheless, nevertheless, you're doing all of these things right. You're doing all these things good. These are successes that you have in your life. These are successes that the church is having. He said, but 
I have somewhat against you. And what I have against you is you left your first love. You're no longer doing these things, even though they're good things, you're no longer doing them out of a love for Christ. And he said, you must return to that first love. So as Jesus addressed the church at Ephesus and in condemnation to them, you know, uh, what it was was they had left that first love. They no longer were loving Christ the way they used to. They were no longer, you know, doing ministry because they loved Christ. They were doing it, you know, for other reasons now. Notice Jesus didn't say they had lost their first love. Rather, Jesus said they had left their first love. In other words, they made the conscious decision to put Christ behind them and begin focusing on just the uh, programs that they were doing. No longer was Jesus the forefront and their focus was on him. You know, they made that conscious decision to walk off and leave their first love, you know, of Christ, which was the motivating factor that made the church at Ephesus such a shining, you know, light in the community. Look, if we are to forget the past, if we are to move forward to the goal that is before us, we have to return to that love and that passion, you know, of Christ if we're going to reach that goal. Now, if we'll all be honest, you know, there's times in our life we don't really have that passion for Christ we used to. We begin going through the motions in ministry. Well, I'm expected to do this, okay? I'm expected to be there. If I'm not there, then, you know, somebody's going to say, Where, why not they, why are they not here today? You know, in other words, we're not doing it because we love Christ. Look, if you're not involved in ministry because you love Christ and you want to love, you know, others, as this last song we sang, as you love Christ, it's all for naught, folks. It's wood, hay, and stubble. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you know, it, it's going to burn up as wood, hay, and stubble, rather than gold and silver and precious stone. So here's what we got to do. First of all, we need to return to loving Christ with a passion. We've got to fall back in love with Jesus, folks. We've got to fall back in love with Jesus. Some of us has lost our passion for Christ, that passion we had when we were first saved. Those of you who've been here a while, you've heard me say this many times in my testimony. You know, when I first got saved, you know, when I was in the sixth grade, when I first got saved, I got up off that floor in my pastor's study, and I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Give me a water pistol, and I'd put out every flame in hell. That's the type of passion I had for Christ. That's the type of love that I had for Christ. I wanted to just do everything I could to please Christ. And if you'll be honest, when you was first saved, you was probably that away too. You said, I'm just going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. God is going to use me like he's not going to use anybody else. You've got to return to that passion, that passion of loving Christ, the things we do, we do for him. You know, on a regular basis, you know, uh, I, I lose the passion. And if you'll be honest, you lose that passion. And I have to go to God on a regular basis, and I've got to ask Him to renew that passion within me. Because sin stains our lives, okay? And even King David, you remember King David, he had to go to God and say, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Why? Because he had lost that passion. And there's sometimes in our life we have to do the same thing. We just got to go to Christ and we say, restore to me that joy. Restore unto me that passion. Restore unto me that love that I once had for you. And you know what? What better time to do that in the first Sunday of a new year that we say this year, I'm going to fall back in love with Jesus. 
and he's going to be my number one priority. The second thing that we need to return to is return to loving the church with a passion. Oh, this is going to hit home with some. Return to loving the church with a passion. You know, many times we lose that passion for serving and attending church the way we once had. You know, for many people, there was a time in their life that they would sacrifice, you know, time, whatever time it took to be around the church. They would sacrifice whatever time, uh, you know, the the doors were open. They said, I'm going to be at church. They looked forward to Sundays and Wednesdays so that they could worship and meet with their church family. You know, Evie's only four years old, and there ain't hardly a day goes by. She said, we going to church today? We going to church today? Now, look, why is it a four-year-old can look forward to coming to church and a 40-year-old dreads Sundays or Wednesdays? Forget Wednesdays. They're not even on the calendar. People don't come to church on Wednesdays, Folks, we got to return to loving the church with a passion. We got to learn. We got to return to that. You know, somewhere along the line, what has happened is people lost sight of that desire. And maybe we need to learn to return to loving and serving the church the way we once did. The third thing we need to return to, we need to learn to, or we need to return to loving fellow Christians the way we once did. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Have you ever noticed there sometimes we get along with a person great, and then all of a sudden that same person may say the same thing they've said now to us now, and they've said that many times, many times, many times to us, and it, you know it didn't mean it didn't hurt our feelings or nothing. And then all of a sudden that same person will say the same thing that they've said many times, and it's like a chigger. It gets right under our skin, and it just starts eating away at us, eating away at us, eating away at us. Look, the next thing you know, you don't want to have nothing to do with them. You know, if they, if they come to church or if they, you see them at church, you know, and you see them headed towards you, you're going to turn around and talk to somebody else. You're going to do everything in the world to avoid them. Why? Because you've lost that love for them. You've lost that love. They've become a chigger to you. And you know if I even see them, you know they're going to get under my skin. So the next thing you do, you don't want to have nothing to do with them. Again, if you see them in church or out in the community, you do all you can do to avoid them. And God forbid, you know, you one thing I hate about caller ID on, on, on phones nowadays, y'all can see it's me calling. And you'll avoid the call. And Nathan's saying, yep, he does it all the time. But isn't that true? Now, come on, let's just, let's just be honest just for a minute. Is there some people when you see them on that caller ID, you say, I hate to answer this. So what do you do? You hit that reject call. You don't take it. Why is that? I'm going to let you. Now, somebody who does want to stand up and speak, you can't. But why is that? Because you've lost your love for your fellow Christian. You've lost your love. Jesus says, return to that first love, not just him, but I think we need to return to the first love of the church and loving others the way Christ would love them. I mean, what would you do? 
Uh, and by the way, th you may learn nothing else but this today. And you're going to go out here and you're going to say, wow, I didn't know that. You know, but you're going to learn one thing here. God has caller ID. Did you know that? You know, when, when you call God, what, he, he says, oh, it's old Gene. You know, I'm going to answer this. First ring, he'll answer it, okay? What would happen if God said, oh, that's Gene, and hit the decline button? Would you want that? No. We need to get back to loving our fellow Christians the way God would have us to do. You know, maybe we need to learn to love them in spite of their weaknesses or your weakness of unforgiveness also. Third thing, locate your goal. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We need to, we need to locate our goal. Where is it God is wanting to take me in 2021? What is the goal that God has set before me? And he said, Gene, I want you to attain this goal. I want you to get in the race in 2021. I want you to focus on this goal and this goal only. Put your focus on this. And as you're running the race in 2021, head toward that goal. Don't let nothing stop you. Let's see what Paul said in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He said, therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the, uh, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Look, once you have sought the Lord and you see that goal that he has laid before you in 2021. Now, look, I don't believe in New Year resolutions, all right? All that does is causes us to be liars, okay? I would love to say that, you know, uh, my New Year's resolution is to get down to 200 pounds, but it ain't going to happen, so I ain't going to even make that lie, okay? All right, I like hamburgers. and You know, have you ever thought about it? When we get to heaven asking, asking the Lord, why did he make good food bad, uh, bad for us and bad food good for us? It's one of the questions on my list, okay? Look at here. Here's what we need to understand. Once you sought the Lord for the goal he's laid for you, next step is to do this. Remove from your life anything, anything that would be a hindrance to obtaining that goal. Now, think about that. The Lord's given you your goal. He said it's out there before you. He's the author and the finisher of this race. He says remove anything that would be a hindrance. Let's talk about that. He said in 1B there, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Look, there's something we must understand here. Again, notice that. Lay aside every weight. And I want you to notice the word and there. And the sin that so easily ensnares us. You know, sometimes there is a sin in our life that keeps us from attaining the goal. But the inference is here, okay, that sometimes it's more than sin that hinders us from attaining that goal, okay? You know, sometimes it's some weight that we have on us. Sometimes, you know, the weight can, that, that keeps us from, uh, uh, you know, making that goal, 
obtaining that goal, sometimes that weight is a friend. And sometimes we've got to shed that friend if we're going to obtain the goal that's before us. Sometimes that weight could be a family member. And if we're going to attain that goal, we've got to shed that family member. Sometimes that, 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 that goal that's before us may be a job. Sometimes that goal that is before us, you know, may be, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, entertainment or some hobby that we're involved in that's keeping us from making that goal. So not only is sin something that'll keep us from hindering or, or, or reaching that goal, sometimes it's weight that we have upon us. And that stuff may not necessarily be sin. That's why he says the weight and sin. So what is hindering us may not always be sin. It may be some things in our life that Paul says you need to shed. If you're going to win this race, if you're going to make that goal, if you're going to cross that finish line, he says get rid of the sin, but also get rid of the weight that is holding you down. Have you ever noticed the clothing on an Olympic runner? Me. If you've ever watched the Olympic, you see that these runners, these sprinters, I mean, the shirt they wear, I, I bet it don't weigh an ounce, okay? You know, the shorts they wear, the shoes they wear, they find the lightest clothing they can find if when they start running that race. You know why? They don't want no excess weight. They don't want any weight to hold them from running, you know, the best they can. And that's what Paul is inferring here. That if we're going to reach our goal in 2021, we've got to shed some weight. And I'm not talking about this, okay? We've got to shed some things that is going to weigh us down for, for, for you know, reaching that goal that he's laid before us. That he's laid before us. And, and Paul says here, he's encouraging us, remove any excess weight that may hinder you from reaching that goal. You know, anytime we have a goal, and I'll tell you now, if you make a goal or you, you know, God lays before you a goal this morning and you accept that goal, let me tell you exactly what's going to happen. Satan is going to put up obstacles before you so you can't reach that goal. Don't think, oh, I'm going to make this goal and it's going to be an easy race. No, it's not. He's going to put up obstacles before you. Now, what is an obstacle? An obstacle is something that is in front of us that we have to make the decision, am I going to go over that obstacle or is that obstacle going to stop me in my tracks? You know, I used to run hurdles when I was in uh, high school, okay? And probably some of you have run hurdles. What is a hurdle? It's an obstacle. Now, this runner, as he's coming up on that hurdle, because he's in a race, is that correct? He's in a race. And as he comes up upon this hurdle, he has a choice to make. Do I jump over that hurdle and continue on? And when I get to the next hurdle, do I jump over that hurdle and continue on? Or am I going to allow, allow that hurdle, when I get to that hurdle, to stop me in my tracks? Look here. God has a goal for each and every one of us for this new year. My goal won't be your goal. Your goal won't be my goal. But my point is, once you accept that goal and you say to God, I'm accepting this goal that you've laid before me, trust me, there's going to be a hurdle. 
the entire race, the entire year. There's going to be hurdles that you're going to have to decide, am I going to jump over this hurdle and continue on? Or am I going to allow it to stop me dead in my tracks? You know the problem with many people within our churches? They allow that hurdle to stop them in their tracks rather than jumping over it and keeping on. The next thing is move forward uh, to your goal with perseverance. He says in 1C, and let us run with endurance the race that is before us. So as we start toward our goal, we must make it a habit to persevere. And then the third thing is keep your eyes on Jesus who makes our faith complete. In verse 2a, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, just as Peter, when, when he stopped uh, or stepped out of the boat and he began walking on water, he was walking on that water just like Jesus was walking on that water until he took his eyes off of Jesus. Look, if our faith is going to be strong in this race, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, look, if you want to look at it this way, we're in this race. Jesus is at the other end. He's at the ribbon, so to speak. He's at that finish line, so to speak. And as we run this race and we get to this first hurdle, if we focus on that hurdle, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop at that hurdle because that's where our focus is. We're going to stop. But what Paul is saying is keep your eye on Jesus out there. And when you get to this first hurdle, you just go over it. When you get to the second hurdle, you go over it. You go over the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one. But your eyes are always forward looking to Jesus because that's where your focus needs to be, not on that hurdle. Because can I tell you something? Satan's going to make that hurdle look a whole lot bigger than it really is. He's going to make that hurdle look a whole lot bigger than what it really is. Now, the fourth and final thought is this. Resist, resist the temptation to take your eyes off that goal. In James chapter 4, verse 7, James said this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. Now, resisting temptations of the devil, what it will do is gain us victories. It'll gain us victories over him. And each time we resist the devil, we gain a victory over him. And the more victories we have over him, the easier it is to gain another victory the next time. But we must get in the habit of resisting him. And the more we do it, the easier it becomes. The second thing there is resisting the temptation of the devil allows us to see the power of God within our life. Look, the more victories we have over the devil, the more real power, the more real the power of God becomes in our life. And because we witness that power of God in our life, it gives us more confidence and it gives us more strength to continue moving forward. And the third and final thing is resisting the temptation of the devil allows God to handle the fiery darts that Satan is going to put before us. Paul said this to the church at Ephesus, above all, Above everything, take that shield of faith, which you will be a, which will help you to be able to quench those fiery darts. Now, what are fiery darts? Some translations say flaming arrows. Those fiery darts, those flaming arrows, are things that Satan puts before us to get our focus off of Jesus and on to whatever it is he's put before us. In other words, it takes our eyes off of Jesus and gets us focusing on those hurdles. It takes our eyes off of Jesus and gets us focusing on those obstacles.
But Paul says, look, you take that shield of faith, and when Satan is shooting those darts at you, they just hit that shield of faith, and they bounce off, and your focus can remain on Jesus Christ. Look, Satan's purpose is to get us to take our eyes off of the goal, take our eyes off of Jesus Christ, and another way he do, does that is through these fiery darts that he casts our way. Ending the old and starting the new. Look, we're closing out, or we've closed out that old year, and we began a new one. We began a new one. In 2020, we all had failures. We all had successes. Some have allowed your failures to dictate your life. Those failures you had are still affecting you and still causing you to fail. Some have allowed our failures to cause us to stray away from God and the goal that he laid before us. And as we close out 2020, we need to let go of those failures. This morning, there's some of you sitting here, there's some of you watching us this morning who you need to let go of some failures in your life. You're still dwelling on them. They're still pulling you down. Your failures have gotten your eyes off of Jesus Christ. Your failures have gotten your eyes off the goal that he had for you in 2020. And listen to me. Let them go. There's nothing you can do to change those failures. There's a, think about it. If you dwell on those failures, is there any way you can change them? No. Because they're in the past. So why let them hold you down? Why let them keep you down? When God has something great for you in 2021, if you'll just move past them. As we close out this year, some of you need to return to your first love of Christ. Some of you need to refocus on your new goal. Some of you need to resist the devil as he attempts to divert you from it. And maybe some of you have had some successes that you're still gloating over. You're still, you know, patting yourself on the back. You know what? You can pat yourself on the back so long and you may just pull your shoulder out of joint. Okay? Pull your elbow out of joint. Now you're going to really have a problem. Look, turn loose of the past successes. Don't gloat in them. Learn from them. Learn from the mistakes. But let's move on and accomplish what God has for us now. You need to put them behind you and seek God. Okay? What's your goal now for 2021? And maybe you're here and you have no goals at all because you have no relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, you can't have a goal, an eternal goal, a goal for Christ unless you know Christ. And maybe some of you here today, your goal for 2021 needs to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That needs to be your goal this morning is I want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as we enter this new year. I want him to give me a goal. I want him to, 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 to uh, you know, show me what it is he would have me to do. I want to be in the race. And I want to experience all he has for me. So maybe you're in that category this morning. Only you know. Child of God, if, you, if some past failures still have you down, we're going to have an invitation in here in a moment. The altar is open. Maybe you need to come ask God to take those past failures and move forward. But if you're here and you don't know him as your personal Savior, we want to give you that opportunity to find him today.
and see what God has for you this year. Let's pray.